The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. All right, we'll get another uh, football team preview here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, More Lakers news in, Adam, and I forgot to mention this one earlier. You know, some of the undrafted free agents they added. One was Mac McClung. So uh, excited. They made it official today that they're also signing uh, Joel Ayagi from Gonzaga, Austin Reeves, also part of the roster. But they've now signed six players with NBA experience beyond that. Uh, today's headliners were uh, Monk and Carmelo Anthony. THT. Well, they didn't have to. Was that a signing? Yeah. Okay. I thought he was just, well, I guess, yeah, if he's retained, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I assumed he was just on the roster. They had to sign him. I thought he was going to take a lot of money. Do you want to actually say who THT is? So, for people who. Taylor Horn Tucker? Okay. And who is he? Uh, He's a young player with a ton of upside. And and I think last year, just watching him, a lot of people were very excited about him. And I think teams were pretty hotly pursuing him and trying to get him uh, to to leave the Lakers. And I was fairly surprised, first of all, that that he would be a part of it because I thought that that'd be the kind of player that, even though he has so much upside, They'd be like, you just don't fit right now. Like, this is all about all these veterans and everybody else, you know, pushing forward. Uh, and you're going to be making a little bit more money. So you don't really fit. But they found room for him and br- they bring him back, which I think is is good for them to, to keep a guy like that who, um, you know, two years down the road might be a really good player. All right, let's hit some uh, football headlines today. Uh, first of all, Raiders have a retirement. A third one. Who was it today? Sam Young. Okay. And he got a lot of time filling in last year. Well, everybody that wore an offensive line jersey last year had to be pressed into action at some point. But, yeah, he, he played quite a bit. And an older guy, been around, veteran. Uh, I you know got the feeling that he kind of thought he was done. And the Raiders reached out to him. And, you know, kind of this is just my sense of the situation that they reached out and said, hey, man, we, we got a lot of new guys on the line. Uh, you're kind of the perfect fit for practice guy, mentor, veteran that also could play if we need you. Uh, obviously, with with all the young players and potential for injuries and things like that, um, be good to have you around. Uh, but he was kind of a late addition, and I just feel like you you get there and it's it's tough, man. It's a grind. I, I was uh I was talking to some people today. I actually actually think I mentioned this to uh to Curtis Terry, who we referenced earlier, was out at practice today, where you know we as media stand on the sideline like God, it sucks out here. Even though it's early in the morning, it sucks to stand out here and 110 degrees and watch practice. And you realize, like, oh, those dudes are actually in pads hitting each other in this. It sucks. Well, it comes there. for every – I mean, at some point it comes for everyone. If you're a, if you're on the two-line or the three-line in terms of the depth chart, at a certain age you're like, all right. <laughs> right. Why am I doing this? Right. Is it worth it now? Yeah. And it's it's a weekend of practice. Uh, it's like a, you know, training camp officially is like 42 days or something ridiculous. Um, you're seven in. There's really no light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I, I definitely don't blame a guy like him for tr- giving it a try, but saying, nah, I'm good. And, again, we don't know his reasons. We haven't heard from him yet. We don't know. Uh, there could be something else going on. We were kind of surprised to learn last week uh, from, you know, one of his teammates, from Josh Jacobs, actually, who said that the reason Theo Riddick stepped away was he got COVID and looked around and said, I'm, you know, being out here and being around guys and exposing myself every week, then potentially exposing my family is probably not worth it where I'm at in my stage in this stage of my career. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. 
and that I was going to ask you that. How much do you think uh, COVID and the fact that it's still around is contributing to some guys just saying, you know what, it's not worth it? Because we talked about it at the start of the show, um, especially if you're unvaccinated and you got a freaking test every day at 6 yeah. or 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, I, I think it does. And, and I think there's different factors. Like uh, a couple of people asked me today, just reaching out like, hey, are, are these guys retiring because they're like these protocols suck? I'm like, no, you can get rid of the protocols by getting vaccinated. So I don't think it's that. Um, maybe there's guys that don't ever want to get vaccinated and they say, okay, it's not really worth it to me to, you know, go through all these protocols every day. But I, I feel like the one case we know about, uh, at least according to Josh Jacobs, speaking for Theo Riddick, was that he got it and just said, man, I'm, I'm exposing, potentially exposing my family members to this by being around people every day. Like, this is not worth it at this point in my career. This part of the show is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. If you've been in your house at least two years and you're still paying, the original monthly payment, that's nuts because your rate is probably higher than the current rates. You got to move. Let's go. Not out of the house, but make a move. You can get the mortgage tune-up at Nova Home Loans. It's 877-700-NOVA. 877-700-NOVA. It's Nova Home Loans. I did it a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago. I went to uh, Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. It took him about 20 minutes to assess my situation. Rate was too high. Still paying mortgage insurance. Uh, got the mortgage tune-up. That's what they call it, the mortgage tune-up. I got three different refinance options. I made my choice. I dropped my rate by a couple of points. Uh, mortgage insurance went bye-bye. And then uh, because of the equity built up in the house, I was able to take some money out of the house and do some home improvement. But if you just sit around going, ah, I think I'll, I'll do that someday. No, do it now. Give them a call. 877-700-NOVA. Or you can try 577-2600 if that's easier to remember. 577-2600. And uh, they have great specials right now for active duty military and veterans as they're going to waive all the lender processing fees on all the VA loans. That's any time the rest of 2021. Give them a call. Nova Home Loans. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. But Nick is, a, you know, he's an instinctive player. You know, when you're in zone coverage, you're reading the quarterback and he telegraphed both of those throws and it's really kept him away from having one hell of a camp. He is having a good camp, but he could be having an outstanding camp had it not been for a couple of interceptions. John Gruden today talking about his quarterback situation, which, uh, you know, if you're getting picky over a couple of picks in practice over six days, that's a pretty good thing. He was talking there about Marcus Mariota and also uh, Nick Kwiatkowski, who got a couple of the picks. If you cover the Colts, oh, my Lord. Uh, Vikings, there's a situation there, but it ain't the Colts. And Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, checks in. Miles, what's up, buddy? Oh, not too much, gentlemen. How are you? We're good. Uh, we're a lot better than Colts fans and Colts management. I, I heard Frank Reich today say, hey, you know, Hopes are still high. We're one of the 10 or 12 best teams you know, that can get there, get to the Super Bowl you know, in this league. Give us the latest on Carson Wentz. And first of all, this, this weird uh, proclamation that uh, the timeline is 5 to 12 weeks. What? 5 to 12 weeks? Yeah, I, I found that weird too yesterday when they first said that. But apparently it has to do with the amount of rehab that Carson Wentz has to do and uh, how – 
how well his foot, I guess, responded to the surgery. And really, they still don't know. Because usually, you know, when you have these big, long timelines, it's like, all right, once we go in and we do the surgery and we figure things out, then we'll have a better idea right after the surgery. But then today, Frank Reich was saying that they'll actually not really have a better idea of what um, the timeline is on Carson Wentz until he starts rehabbing two weeks from yesterday after the surgery. So... That it's it is it's an odd thing, and now uh, Quentin Nelson, their left guard, is also going to have to go through the exact same thing. So it is a weird, weird situation for the Colts. And if you're the Eagles, you're like, man, I really hope Carson Wentz is ready in five weeks so that he can play at least seventy percent or seventy-five percent of those snaps, so we get a first-round pick. It, it, it's a weird injury that has a lot of different implications. Well, it's a weird injury that we we really haven't seen much. Like, did the Colts just find a new machine to diagnose this? And they're like, well, we found two of them. Well, you know, it's interesting because maybe they did. Maybe it was just a different type of x-ray that they did. I don't know. I mean, look, Indianapolis has some really good um, medical facilities. It's part of why the combine is there. But, uh, you know, I think the interesting thing was you had Carson Wentz deal with this. And at first it was like, oh, well, he felt something, shake loose. You're not sure exactly what it is. And maybe he's going to rest. And then he's actually not going to rest. And oh, by the way, yeah, the surgery's happening today. And so it seemed like over the weekend, the Colts were really trying to figure out exactly what the best course of action was. And then you heard Frank Reg talk yesterday, and he was saying that, look, it was actually never that close to having him just rest um, through the season, or rest for however long, and then try to play through this because. Eventually, it was going to come back, and probably it might hurt you midseason. So you have the surgery. You get the floating piece of bone, apparently. That's what it was, basically. You get that thing removed, and now Carson Wentz can start to heal and figure out you know, how he can plant on that foot so he can throw the ball accurately. Because, I mean, frankly, that was his biggest problem last year. You know, he's holding on to the ball too long. He's not throwing accurate passes. He's not being decisive. And I feel like if you can't plant on that foot, then you're still going to have a lot of those same issues. Well, maybe if you can't plant, you just throw it quicker because you can't set your feet. <laughs> just get rid of it. Um, maybe, but, yeah, I don't think that that's going to be a good thing for, you know, the rest of no. the offense and T.Y. No. Hilton when he's, like, throwing this thing up there and it's so underthrown that, you know, the defender has an easy catch. No, for sure. Uh, don't they have to know if it's 5 or 12 just because, like, if it's 5 – you can probably, you know, fight your way and, and hang around. If it's 12, you have to make a trade for somebody, right? Well, I think unless you are supremely confident in Jacob Eason, which I don't know why anybody would be. I mean, this guy, maybe he goes out and, you know, he turns into the next Dak Prescott, right? Where it's somebody that we just didn't anticipate would um, be able to go out there and, and acquit himself effectively. Because, look, I mean, Dak Prescott in that preseason, he was, what, a fourth-round pick? Right, and Tony Romo gets hurt, he gets that back injury, and then all of a sudden he plays. He plays so well, and you know now he's one of the richest players ever in league history. So look, I, I just think that from that perspective, you don't quite know what Jacob Eason's going to be. You don't know what he's not going to be. And if there if there is a silver lining, I guess it's this: that you are going to be able to take a good amount of time in training camp, whether it's just against your own team or maybe in some uh, joint practices, and you're going to be able to really evaluate what this guy can and cannot do for you. And if it turns out in two weeks, you know, when Wentz starts rehabbing that it's, oh, boy, you know, this is going to take a while. You know, this may take into mid-October, into late October. 
then yeah, maybe you do go out and you get somebody who can run the offense a little bit better. Um, Nick Foles, obviously, I think is the guy that comes to mind for everybody and with good reason. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see over these next couple of weeks what they feel like they can do and what they feel like they can get out of Jacob Eason. Because look, maybe best case scenario for the Colts, Jacob Eason comes in and then he is the next Dak Prescott. He plays like a house of fire and you don't even have to worry about it. And Carson Wentz doesn't ever get his job back. You Wally pipped him. Uh, don't forget about Marcus Mariota, Miles. Uh, uh, but okay, but here's here's why I would object to Marcus Mariota, and it's uh, and it's because he doesn't have as much history in that offense as Nick Foles does. Right? I mean, Nick Foles is the QB who came in after Carson Wentz got hurt in 2017 with the Eagles, where Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator, and then won the Super Bowl with Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator. So. I mean, even though it seems like uh, Doug Peterson and um, Nick Foles had the special connection because, you know, Frank Reich then went on to coach for the Colts, and, you know, as, uh, as Wentz got hurt again, then Foles was still able to come in and run the offense probably more effectively, win some games, uh, won that playoff game um, against the Bears, and then almost won the playoff game against the Saints. I mean, if Alshon Jeffrey catches that football, then maybe we don't ever have the famous Nikel Roby Coleman non-pass interference play at the Superdome because that game would have been played in Los Angeles. So there, I, I just feel like there's so much more to Nick Foles going in and seamlessly running that offense than it would be if you get somebody like Mariota, who last time we saw him play really stunk up the joint, and I, as a starter, I should say. When he played yeah. again that game um, as a backup to Derek Carr, he played all right. Uh, Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, with us here as he is each and every week. Uh, I've been saying here on this show for like six months that the Bills were going to blow up as a contender because of COVID issues in the locker room. Uh, Maybe I was wrong, and it's the Vikings that are now going to. It's getting ugly there. Yeah, it is. It it is. It's getting ugly. And, you know, you've got your head coach talking and just saying, you know, basically the way I feel about society right now, which is I don't understand it. And some of these things that these folks are reading are just, way out there and they're not accurate and he says you know i don't know why they don't trust dr alan Phils, who is the head medical official of the nfl and I, I really i don't know what you do about it you know when you have your quarterback who is not vaccinated and then has to literally leave the building because another quarterback got covid and then there's another quarterback in there that also has to isolate for five days it really, really, really can put you in a bad place. And, you know, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk also wrote this today or yesterday, whenever it was, you know, saying that, you know, Kellen Mond had a real good opportunity to get in this building and ingratiate himself with the Vikings brass so that, you know, in a year, two years, he's fully prepared to take over as the Vikings starting quarterback, and he didn't get vaccinated. And, like, that's just one of these things where, man, it would have been so easy for you to set yourself up for success, and that's not something that he did. So it it is going to be really interesting to see how this thing turns out, especially in Minnesota. They've got one of the least vaccinated teams. I think they might be the least vaccinated team at this point um, based on some of the things that have come out in Washington and different places. So it is really difficult, I think, to know exactly how this is going to affect the teams that are the least vaccinated. But I don't think they're rescheduling any games. 
You know, there's no reason to anymore. You've got so many teams and you have a means of protection for yourself and for your family and for everyone that you don't need to do that. So if people have to forfeit it, it, it could be the Vikings. And that would be really, really, really interesting. I know there's a report from a certain publication out there pro football talk that uh there's a team with at least eight players who absolutely never will get vaccinated was was that was that a hint that if they're the least vaccinated team maybe they're in the running for being that team uh it could be frankly i don't know who that team is um so i know unfortunately but seven and i believe as a part of that report seven of those players are starters and that is part of the problem you know so exactly yeah you you can't get your if you are in a position where if they cut you you're really not they're really messing up their own team then you don't have to get vaccinated until your skills diminish or somebody else who's younger and is vaccinated you know uh shows that they can outplay you um then this is what then this is what it's going to be and so yeah those players are kind of operating from a position of advantage however I still think that when you're talking about a public health crisis, like it's not just about the NFL and winning games and all that. And yeah, I think that a lot of that probably did get players with the competitive advantage talk. A lot of that did get players to get shots because now we're up to 90% of players um, in the NFL have received at least one shot of a COVID vaccine. And that was not even close to that um, a couple weeks ago. So I think that all of this competitive advantage talk, you know, all talk about the rules and all these different things, yeah, that helped. Um, but if you are just so dug in on this that you don't really care that it's a public health crisis and you don't care that, you know, this is something that will help us end the pandemic, then I don't really know what to say. It's, I mean, we've been talking about it for months and some people just will never get it, but that's fine. Uh, here's, my, here's my question, Miles. If okay. you are one of one of those people, right, and some of them have been outspoken about it, we've heard from them. If you are one of those people, why are you ashamed of it? Because it seems like players now oh, are really rebelling against being identified in practice as not being vaxxed. Why aren't you proud of it? You've done the research, right, bro? You're smarter than oh. us, right, bro? Why don't you show us? Dude, dude, I have been saying that for weeks. You know, I don't like, listen, because it's not me. I got vaccinated as soon as I could. I got my first shot. I think it was March 28th. I was thrilled. Now, if you are still one of these people who are so staunchly against it, I think that they all should start being like Cole Beasley. Just say it. I'm not vaccinated. I don't want that shot. Get that thing away from me. Don't tread on me. Whatever it is that you want to say, say it with your chest. Because, I, I, frankly, I don't think that people should be spewing misinformation or disinformation, whatever you want to call it. But I also think that at least you're right, Adam, at this point, like if this is the way you want to play it, this is the route you want to go down, just say it with your chest. You know, don't be coy. It's a personal decision. This is the thing that kind of bothers me when people say that, oh, it's a personal decision. It's really not because again, the more people who get vaccinated, the better off we're going to be, not just as a country, not just as an NFL league, but as a world society so we can get this thing over with. I live in L.A. County. I got to put on a stupid mask to go into Costco as I just did. I don't want to put on a mask to go into Costco anymore. I want to live my life as I did in 
April, excuse me, in you know February 2020, back when I was still working for the Las Vegas Review Journal. It was really, really nice, okay, when we all could live our lives like that. So it's not really a personal decision. It's a decision you make yourself. But it's a decision that you're not just making for yourself. You're making it for all of society. And I, for one, am so freaking tired of people hiding behind that silly little stance. Boy, you got me going, Adam. <laughs> what <laughs> did you buy? Uh, I needed to buy some Maker's Mark. I was down low. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Maybe you, a, maybe you had a couple of nips before you came on here there, uh, Mr. Salty. What's going on here? No, no, little... no, no, no. I, You know, I just I get a little fired up about certain things sometimes. Hey, you know it. what I'm also going to bring up? Did you guys maybe see that I tweeted about Justin Herbert and uh, Tua Tagovailoa? And I, I just got the complete ire of all these Dolphins fans because I had the unmitigated gall to point out that Justin Herbert was drafted one place after Tua Tagovailoa. And let me tell you, Dolphins fans, man, they are something else. I've never had a really big interaction with these Dolphins fans before, but they just were so salty that I could have the temerity to say that Justin Herbert might be a better prospect than Tua Tagovailoa, who, may I remind us all, had to get replaced by Ryan Fitzpatrick in two games, one of which was against the Raiders' defense. The Raiders' defense. They just fired Paul Gunther. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Definitely dipped into that. By the way, Lakers. by the way, for for <laughs> Dolphins fans, for Dolphins fans, get all fired up on social media. Go to the games so that you're not outnumbered at every AFC East game by the Patriots. The Jets yeah, fans. Go show up more than the Dolphins fan. Well, believe me, and the Bills fans show up more, too. Don't get me started on Dolphin fans, because I, I grew up around a bunch of them, and I joke about living in Florida as a kid for, like, a year. What I'm talking about is in New Jersey, where I was surrounded by a bunch of front-running punks who love Dan Marino. So I have, I have there's no love <laughs> lots for the G-Dam Dolphins. One more, Miles, one more thing on the Bills. Uh, what was this whole yeah. deal the other day where, uh, you know, the Bills are now asking for – a fully publicly funded stadium, if I'm, a, if I'm correct, to the tune of $1.5 million, and they're like, if not, we're going to Austin, Texas. Yeah, and then uh, there was either a council member or the mayor of Austin, and I can't remember quite offhand, that was like, this is the first I'm hearing of this, which is <laughs> like, okay, so what exactly is going on here with the Pagulas and trying to get a new stadium? Look, I don't think that there is any state, any city, any municipality, whatever you want to call it in America, that should be fully funding a stadium in the year of our Lord 2021, especially for an NFL team that makes billions in revenue, that is worth billions of dollars, right? The Pagulas own multiple teams in Buffalo. They're able to finance at least some portion of the stadium. Now, do I understand some publicly funded money? Yes, of course. That, that, that's sort of the way these things work, unless you're in a place like Los Angeles and you're a guy like Stan Kroenke and you are worth tens of billions and can fund it yourself. But I think that at the same time, like I know Buffalo is a small market and that's part of why um, they need that public money. But look, if you're an NFL team and you're going to say that and then use Austin as a threat, you think Jerry Jones is going to let another team come into Texas? Really? Come on now. That was that was one of the weirder threats that I've ever heard from a stadium standpoint. I will tell you last night, because of uh, certain restrictions on a certain team playing in the Olympics, I downloaded Peacock. Um, 
I won't get into whether I was happy to do that or not. But, uh, Miles, what's going on this week on Peacock with you? Well, you know what, guys? It is the last week of the Olympics, so you got to make sure that you check that out on Peacock or the NBC Sports app. You can download that on also yes. Roku. That's what I've been doing, and I've been watching the Olympics. I'm telling you, man, I love the diving of all that stuff. Diving's really fun. You know, you got handball also has been going on. I think uh, the basketball team's going to be playing. You know, uh, all these things are still going on, and it's great. But I believe next week we will be back with Pro Football Talk in the AM, this PFT Live, and Pro Football Talk at PM. Um, so get ready for that as we move deeper into training camp. And I will be on television more often, so I won't just have to save all my rants for my radio appearances with you guys. Sure. You'll be busier in the afternoon. You can't make runs to uh, Costco to get your liquor either. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I hope nobody from NBC heard that. <laughs> I bought plenty of other things. I bought a fan. Uh, I bought a rotisserie chicken for $5. Love that. That's going to be dinner nice. for the next couple of days. Uh, nice. What else did I buy? I bought uh, some dried fruit, some mangoes, some cranberries. What was, you know, got Miles, what was, the ex- what, was the ex- what was the expected expenditure? What did it turn out to be? Because obviously that's always a disaster at the warehouses. Uh, yeah, you know, well, I also had to buy some gas, which is good. Um, and, you know, yeah, well, gas right here, I'll tell you guys, man, because I have it? a Volkswagen GTI, so I got to put some premium in that baby. And fortunately, the gas at Costco is like 430 a gallon for premium. And otherwise, it's like 459 475 I've seen over here in the streets of Santa Monica. So that's terrific. Yeah. Um, but I probably spent around, it was over $200, and I came out, and I was like, how did I do that? But I, know. Uh, I guess I had a lot of stuff to buy. Every got off time. lucky. Every time. I know, every yeah. time, every time. I'm like, I'm going to go in and get just a couple things, $100. I'm like, what? That was three things. Whoa. All right, Miles. Yeah. We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> All right, take care, guys. Sorry to set Miles up there, but you know, I put it out on Twitter last night about the uh, the Olympic stuff and the hoops to jump through to watch the freaking basketball team play, which I, I really, I, I a hundred percent thought that, all right, we're going to have to do the, the peacock thing, you know, whatever it's $5 subscription. You're gonna have to do that for the early rounds, but certainly for the actual tournament, they're not going to do that to us. And yes, last night USA was behind a paywall. So I did find NBCOlympics.com, and I was able to watch it there. I just, you know, basically whatever, use the HDMI cord and, because you know how nuts I get about having to watch. You watch on a friggin' phone, which is that is infuriating. It's the Olympics and it's the men's basketball team. I'm watching on a TV. Come on. Uh, it's well, you know, I was an early adapter to Peacock, though. No, I, I know Peacock you were like one of the first ever... on board, which is yeah. which is fine. I just I don't need another app. And I, I understand I they're trying apps. to put they're trying to push signups to the app, and that's their biggest product. But like, I mean, I'm going to say it, and you're going to want to punch me in the face. Like, it really does. I, I, last night, I was like, this is un-American, but it's actually, like, really American. It's ultimate American. It's the ultimate, yeah, it's freaking entrepreneur, you know, whatever, free market to the highest level. But I was I was getting so pissed off last night because I was trying all these different options, and everything would keep coming back to, it's five bucks. Which, again, it's not a lot of money, but it's the principle. Like, how many GDAM apps do I need? It's, it's so many. And then... The worst is that you, now you're signed up for all these different things. Like I said, I I paid for like a year of Peacock before it was ever a thing, so I've had that. But like I I literally got three emails today of automatic payments for things, and I'm like, God, I can't. Why do I still have this? Oh, I can't. I sling. I can't. I can't get it to stop. You know what really bothers me? I cannot about them? get it to stop. 
Do you know what bothers me about them? And I'll, this is probably what's going on do with you. Want you. to do this during a break or and hurt our future no. uh, partnership with Sling? I love Sling. <laughs> uh, I actually I like it too. I just don't need it, and I can't. I like I can't get out of the freaking. I'll tell you what they do. The update it's, circle. I'm alpha. I'm off of it, but I still have the app on my TV. And if you accidentally click on it, it opens it and charges you automatically. Oh, is that what it's doing? Yeah. So I might have mishit it a couple yeah. times this month. Yeah. Get out of here. So yep. I got to get rid of the app completely. Yes. That's ooh wow, yeah. ooh okay, that's crazy. <laughs> Otherwise, fine product. We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Cofield or call seven zero two three six four eleven hundred and let us have it. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. You can sit in the sun and camp. I get my color from a sunray lamp when I'm in Las Vegas. Man, oh man. I feel like Tuesdays in the 4 o'clock hour are like a no-conflict Tuesdays. Miles Simmons is probably our most mild-mannered, thoughtful guest. Uh, aside from Justin Watkins and Dustin DeHart, um, never loses it. He freaking snapped there. And the best part is he talked about just getting gas for four twenty nine a gallon instead of four seventy five, and that's not what the rant was about. <laughs> Let me tell you, because the gas prices have gone up, it is. And I have a Costco card, and I, I go there, but that gas line now. Oh boy. I've it been, is it is a zoo. I've been trying to go real early. Doesn't work. Right when they open? It doesn't work. Still doesn't work? It doesn't work. How early are people lined up? Six. To save what, forty cents a gallon? It's worth it. I think I saved twenty cents the other a gallon the other day by just getting a car wash at a place and then it rained two days later, but <laughs> smart. But I still felt good about it. Oh now you're paying more than the difference. I actually, I got an app for one of the places because I was like, oh, there's some benefits here. And I'm literally standing at the pump, like, like within arm's length of the handle, right? And standing in front of the pump. And I'm like, let me pay for this on the phone right now. Instead of just sliding the, I'm like, I'm going to get benefits. And then it didn't work. So unnamed station, get your app fixed. I signed up. I want to use it. These are tough times. Are you using we it properly? Get, yes. Don't quit, please. Don't don't question. Well, based on my based on my struggles last night with you can't figure out Peacock. No, I could. I, no, I figured it out. I just didn't want to do pay per view USA basketball. By the way, are they putting the women on pay per view tonight too? Is it only on freaking Peacock? It is. I don't want anything else on the app. So that means you don't want to watch the Office or Saved by the Bell. I've already seen the Office and I've already seen Saved by the Bell. I don't. I'm not like you. I don't need to watch a show 48 times. Oh keep bragging about not having mental illness i like that like that hey what we've discussed this it's that re-watching shows over and over again is a sign of mental illness it's therapy we've never discussed we this. absolutely have i wasn't listening <laughs> since the other one not being heard that's another i've never heard that before <laughs> absolutely it is there's so many shows we talked about on the air there's so many new shows you can watch like right. i finally i finally caught up I, I faded in the last season on Billions. I just caught up on that one. God dang it. Now I can't write it. Another show teed up that I needed to catch up on. 
There's so many good shows. And I like The Office here and there, but my, my God. I, dude, you've watched it ten times. I I would bet there hasn't been a day in the last four years that I haven't watched it. At least one episode. Today's National Watermelon Day. <laughs> okay. uh, Sean, one of our uh, P1 listeners, one of our research guys, does a really good job sending us stories all the time on Twitter. Introed, I've never seen it before. Introed watermelon with mustard on it. I am in like the top three percentile of mustard lovers. I throw it on everything. But when I saw this, I was like, I don't know, man. This is going to work? You and you and another person in town I think we've talked about before who's obsessed with mustard. Can we say the name on the air? Chick, guy? I mean, I, I think we've said it oh, before. Oh, it's, it's uh, Dana White. Yeah. That's right, because he puts it all over fish and I'm stuff, like right? Everything. We have a lot in common. Um, True. We should break bread with some mustard on it. He, he loves is that right? Food. So he puts... Because what, you, you guys, uh, every once in a while, the media will go over there. I think they cut that off, right? Well, because of COVID. COVID. For a while there, they had like this outstanding kitchen at their... That was at the... The, the old place. The new place. The kitchen is unbelievable. Have you been in there? Yes. So they have like a personal chef doing everything for everybody? Uh, if you watch on Fridays, uh, Dana does a video every Friday with like a new insane food. Yeah. Like an absolutely please, insane please food. Please tell me he doesn't put mustard on it every time. Or does no. he keep it off to the side? Because I think he probably keeps it off to the side. He's ashamed now. Dude, you should see the the foods that they make. It's every Friday. Mm. It's called Blanket Friday. Sure. Where he's like, blank the diet. I'm just going to go. And he, the kitchen at this place is nuts. But yeah, I've been in there. It's crazy. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. Betting. With Sammy P. Sammy P. All right, let's talk some baseball betting with uh, Sam Peniatovich, and we'll get to all the uh, football movement potentially on the Colts with all the bad news they've gotten. Sam, what's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, just uh, sweating out my Fernando Tatis Jr. MVP ticket that I felt great about for about four months, and now I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Is we sort of wait to see uh, what, what the next week entails. He's the favorite now at, at most books. Tatis about minus 150. But, I mean, there's a chance, realistically, that he can go on the shelf for the entire season, and then that market will just continue to flip itself over. You know, the, the thing with him, until he gets his shoulder fixed, it sounds like it's a recurring injury that can pop any time. So it's pretty risky to bet, you know, to put MVP numbers on him because you don't know if he can get past freaking 110, 120 games a season. Bookmakers are guessing. Betters are guessing. That's the truth. I mean, I'll give it to you straight. Um, we got nine to one before the season because if you remember, you know, a lot of your heavy hitters, like it was uh, Mookie Betts was up there, Juan Soto was up there, and a lot of these guys, Cody Bellinger, they just haven't performed. And look, if you had a Degrom ticket or a Tatis ticket, you made the right bet. The problem is you just you might not get the right result. It's, I had a buddy who bet. Uh, he bet Drew Storen one year to be the uh, league leader in saves, okay, at 40-1 to 1 for the Nationals. He had the most saves in baseball at the All-Star break, and then the Nationals were like, yeah, we're going to trade for Jonathan Papelbon. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you can have the right bet and the right idea and the right process, but sometimes things out of your control just happen. And, look, I mean, everybody else in that market about two weeks ago, let's even go back to the All-Star break. You had Tatis and DeGrom were both about, you know, minus – 110 or minus you know 115 or whatever 
Max Muncie, Freddie Freeman. You know, all these guys are 30 to 1, 40 to 1. Um, Trey Turner, 50 to 1, 60 to 1. And now they're all less than 5, 6 to 1. So that, that tells you everything you need to know about the market. The books have no idea how healthy these guys are, and they have no idea when they're coming back. Sam Penny out of it. Nesson and Fox Sports. Uh, real quick update on the NL Cy Young odds, at least the ones I have in front of me. In the National League for the best pitcher, Walker Bueller, the favorite at plus 260. Zach Wheeler, 4 to 1. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, four and a half. Burns, four and a half. Gaussman, five fifty. Degrom now at seven fifty. I think JVT told us yesterday to get him at ten to one. So that is a that's a hodgepodge, man. And I would argue, even without him pitching in the last month, he's still been the Cy Young, <laughs> who's been better than Degrom. But he, if he doesn't pitch again, I saw the report from the uh, Mets beat writer MLB.com that he might not pitch until. Mid September, like early September's best case scenario. So he's not going to win the award because there's going to come a point in time when you look back at that calendar. Okay, his last start was July 7th. And if he doesn't start again until September 7th or whatever, he misses two months, he shouldn't win the award, even though his numbers have been insane. Uh, American League teams got super aggressive. They landed a lot of the big names that come over from the National League or pillage from the poor in the American League. Uh, who do you want to bet on in terms of you know rising in the pennant markets? White Sox, Yankees, uh, Blue Jays. You know, got some bullpen help. Who do you like? Well, you miss your move on the Sox and Yankees. Those are the two biggest risers after the trade deadline. White Sox solidified that bullpen with Craig Kimbrell. They bring him across from the Cubbies. White Sox at DraftKings are favored now to win the pennant plus two fifty. So I can't sit here and be like, oh, yeah, the White Sox are a great bet because you really you miss the move on that. And then the other team that. Um, bookmakers have sort of caught up on over the last three, four days, the Yankees. Uh, you could have found the Yankees 12, 13 to 1. Some books are as low as 7, 8 to 1. So those are the teams that you missed the best number on. If you still like them, of course, go ahead, do your thing. Um, but if you gave me 100 right now and said, Sam, bet on X to win the pennant, I'd put my money on the Astros. That lineup is terrifying. Um, and, and, you know, the White Sox have, I think, the best starting pitching, and they have a really good bullpen. Kimbrell eight and Liam Hendricks in the ninth, but that Astros lineup just doesn't quit, and they go seven, eight guys deep. Uh, you could find Houston shop around three to one um, for for your bang for your buck. That's probably the best bet for the pennant. But uh, you know the Red Sox are right there, the Rays are right there. This is going to be a gauntlet in the American League with the White Sox, the Astros, the Red Sox, Rays, and Yankees. All five of those teams could win the pennant. I'm going to take that same $100 and bet it on the White Sox to win the division and pick up a cool 50 cents. <laughs> I saw points bet put up a number the other day on the White Sox, minus 25,000. <laughs> what are we doing? And if you're betting that, just quit. Quit right now because eventually there's going to come a time when one of those teams is going to just get completely injured. Oh, look, the White Sox have an eight-and-a-half game lead. They're going to win the division 98% of the time, but – if you're laying minus twenty five thousand, you got a problem. Think think of all the comp points you can get though. Can you still get do they still do that in Vegas? I don't know. So I was just I thought the casino well, I mean you, if you wear a mask, I guess. Uh, I don't know what I don't know if you get the full benefits of the of the uh, the boost now. So maybe not a not a great move. Uh, are are the Dodgers going to win the West? <sighs> it's a great question. Um you know, I, I keep sleeping on the Giants, but they keep proving me wrong. 
uh, you know, the numbers say that the Dodgers are likely to pull ahead eventually. But uh, let me answer this question in a different way. I was sort of stunned that the Padres did nothing. You know what I mean? At the deadline, they, they really just sort of sat back and, and didn't do much. Dodgers go out, they get Scherzer, they get Trey Turner, San Francisco trades for Chris Bryant, and you're waiting for San Diego to do something, anything, to bolster their lineup or their you know bullpen, and, and they did nothing. And, and honestly, Adam, that made me think long and hard, and I was talking with our buddy John Murray about this today on the phone, he said, did San Diego not make a move because they know something we don't about Tatis? I thought, well, that, that's a really good point because you would think if the Padres, given all the money they've spent and all the trades they've made, I mean, they've acquired you Darvish and Blake Snell, and they've spent a lot of money in a lot of places. If they're going to be a playoff team, you, you should probably add when everybody else around you is adding. Why didn't they add? Um that raises a red flag for me. So if Tatis is, is more hurt than we know, yeah. I mean, and here's the other thing. If you bet the Dodgers right now, like on a Tuesday night or even tomorrow morning on a Wednesday, and we find out on Saturday or Monday or Tuesday next week that Tatis is out for the year, you bet your ass that market's going to move again, and you're not going to get the price you got right now on the Dodgers. So you always have to be ahead of the curve, and you got to try and beat the move before it happens. Sammy Pease with us here on Cofield and Company. All right, USA Basketball into the semis now. Uh, there were some good prices last week for the gold. Not so much now. Did you now. do it? You said you were going to do minus 200. Yeah. Did you do it? I got him at 225. Minus 400 now, pal. I like it. And the team's getting cocky. They're getting confident. And I don't think cocky is a bad thing, per se. I think there's a difference between cockiness and arrogance. They're just playing like they know how good they are. And they didn't do that in the friendly. They didn't do that um, in, in the first game that they lost in the Olympic play. It's just it's a different team now, and, and Kevin Durant looks like he's been poked in the face with a stick. So he, he clearly looks like he gives a damn now, and, and these guys have, have played more basketball. See, we sat here a week ago, and it's like, look, those guys, the Devin Bookers and the Chris Middletons, they, they just got off the plane and were thrown into the, into the rotation. It's like, all right, you haven't played with these guys ever before. Good luck. The longer they play together and the longer they go in this tournament, the better chance they have to win. And, and look, they're going to have a tough test against Australia in the semis. That'll be a Thursday morning tip. But look at the spread in that game. USA minus 12. It doesn't seem like bookmakers are too scared of Australia. Not Forget winning. It doesn't look like they're giving Australia much respect. So I think the number on that game tells a story. you got to feel great about your USA bet. Now, are you going to hedge and take – you could take, like, the favorite in the other semifinal, and you could lock in a profit. Maybe. I'll think about it. I'm going to need a little Slovenia. more time than my normal. Well, Luka Doncic. Look at Luka. They're 17-0 all time when, uh, when he plays in, like, tournament play like this. Uh, you can find Slovenia at 6-1, to one, and then if you go into the final and it's USA-Slovenia, you've got the Americans, and then you've got Slovenia at 6-1. to one. You literally can't lose. All right, I'll think about it. That was that was quite that was quite the pitch. It was, it was a hard pitch. Uh, real quick, we got like thirty seconds left. Is there a is there any value now in playing the Titans to win that division now that it looks you know, pretty shaky with Wentz? Uh, you know, earliest he's back is like six weeks into the season. I didn't like Wentz anyways. I think they're going to make a move at quarterback. Indianapolis will make a trade, or you get Frank Reich to work some magic on Jacob Eason, the kid formerly of Georgia, then Washington. 
I, I don't I don't hate that Indianapolis team. Just get a new guy in there. They got a good offensive line. That team is still dangerous. All right, Sam. We appreciate it. Thank you. Peace, y'all. Okay, that was a total misstatement on my part leading into that about the the earliest you can play. We don't know. If it's really a five to twelve week recovery period, if you, as we found out earlier, they'll know a lot more in about two weeks when you can start rehab. He actually could be back for like week two or three. So sure. maybe maybe the play is take advantage of the Colts. You're I mean you're rolling the dice, but take advantage of the value right now with people freaking out that Wentz may be out for an elongated period. We'll address that. We'll get uh, back to the NFL sitch with injuries and COVID during the Big Five, and also uh, Lakers just hauling in old guys left and right. Did you miss a show? Listen to podcasts from all your favorite ESPN Las Vegas shows at LVSportsNetwork.com. KWWN Las Vegas and KLAV Las Vegas.